All right. Welcome in to the Sports Huddle on SEMO ESPN Radio, 1220 AM, 93.5 FM, and we're online worldwide at SEMOESPN.com. Glad you joined us. Eric Sean and the Missouri Sports Hall of Famer, Jess Bolin, inviting you to join us here in the huddle. Here's our huddle hotline number, 573-334-1220. 573-334-1220. The huddle hotline is powered by EBO. MD will have Marty Michau, a Monday Marty party coming up. Stay tuned for that. We've got the coaches show at Wings Etc. in Cape coming up 12 noon. We'll talk with Coach Brad Korn. Big win for both the Red Hawk men and women on Saturday over SIU Edwardsville. So that will be at 12 noon. Jess Boland in the house. I guess it didn't ice down here. But it was icy in St. Genevieve when I left my house a little after 4. My uh, driveway was iced over, and so I know not to take uh, this. It's called M-Road. Instead, I took the straight shot on Highway 32 out to the interstate, and that's exit 150. I'm on the interstate for two miles at exit 148, and there is a semi in the median. There's another semi off the side of the road. They had slid right off the road. Roads were icy up there. Uh, I came across several accident scenes where police and tow trucks were on the scene. So it was icy up north. And I know it was in St. Louis for Dawn Sean as she was driving home this morning. But I guess uh, no ice down here, right? No, there's not. Uh, but let me tell you and en- enhance your thinking about... Um Freeze lines, okay? I mean, I've pretty well been out in it all my life. It's just like uh, you say, well, why do you bury your water lines 36 inches deep when they bring them to your house? Well, when you have hard freeze, like it went down to zero and below zero, your ground keeps freezing each day lower and lower. And so it's got to be down 30 inches or 36 inches to be beyond the freeze line. Well... It's just like my daughter Kim said the the driving is really terrible in Colombia, but I looked at my phone. It's thirty degrees, and really, it should be okay at thirty degrees. But here's the problem: the temperature's been low for a while, and the, so the ground is cold. It's really cold, and when that snow hits at thirty degrees, it's probably going to stick, you know, or turn to ice because it's got cold dropping down and cold underneath it. So. Right now, even though it might show like 35 here in Cape or it's 33 or something above freezing, if it snowed or, or maybe rain, it could it could uh, make driving awful hazardous. And it rained on me for maybe 20 minutes or so on my drive, light rain, and windshield wipers are starting to get icy. So yeah. It, yeah, it's trickier up north, a little better here in Cape, so hopefully the travel is good. Uh, our temperatures are going to go up, so that's good news. Yeah, it is here too, but, you know, that's that's why a lot of times you maybe say you get two inches snow, not much, but it stays with you. It stays on the road. It's hard to get rid of. That's because it's laying on frozen ground. Well, we've still got snow on the ground yeah. in St. Genevieve. Yeah, yep. it's because the ground has been, and it hasn't really got up to, until late, I think it's supposed to be here like 36 today, something like that. 
But winter's not over, folks. I mean, it seems to me that winter time, hard winter time, is more late January, February around here than it is November, December. But uh, so in Cape, thirty-seven today, <clears throat> forty-five tomorrow, and then Wednesday and Thursday, fifty-four and fifty-seven degrees. So the warm-up is on the way. So, you know, to go to my point I made, that means the ground is going to warm up. And there's nothing to warm up quicker if you got frozen ground, say, eight inches deep or a foot deep, than temperature up and raining. That'll, you know, that'll get the snow gone. That'll get everything gone. And then the next time, let's say that the temperature gets up to 50, then next week, if you have a hard snow, say four or five inches, it'll it'll, it'll melt. Even the ground will melt it because the ground's warmer, you know. So that has a lot to do with how long your temperature stays down. Once it gets down to zero, if it stays down in that area, that ground just keeps getting froze deeper and deeper. And what we had uh, really low temperatures for about a week, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> so there's your weather report. <laughs> But I used to be out in it so much, Eric, I had to study it and intently study it, you know, kind of know what it's going to be like in the next three or four days. Because if you've got 10 or 12 men working for you, you need to know what condition is going to be all the time because you're going to have people call in, you're going to have, you know, this and that. So to keep jobs going, you have to really know what the weather's going to do, especially outside. I mean, sure, it's outside, but I mean, you're you're where you're working at, you know, out on the elements. It was cold and snowy last night in Orchard Park, New York, and the Buffalo Bills were a favorite going into the football game, and as they have two other times in the postseason, the Chiefs found a way to win the football game against the Buffalo Bills. I love when these teams play in playoff games. They are That was a terrific football game. It was, and uh, do you think Buffalo fans don't have deja vu all over again? Mm. Uh, but I feel but, for the Bills fans, but I'm a Chiefs fan. Well, so. I am too. I am too. I thought Josh Allen played a great game. He'd done everything he could to try to win that game. And I thought that's the best game I've seen Kansas City Chiefs play this year. Didn't you? I mean, totally agree. And, and how Mahomes- tra- how wow. Travis Kelsey got that wide open on that first touchdown. <laughs> yeah, I said the same thing. What, <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> there was nobody. When you say that, the, the safety or corner did come in there on the right side or left side. I think side it was the deep safety he was trying but, to run late. But, but he 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 had to be 40 feet from him, didn't he? But I thought Mahomes was great. Uh, he showed again why he's the number one quarterback. In football. He's the number one football player in the world. I agree. I agree. I mean, okay, he's not – I don't think he's going to win seven Super Bowls like Brady, but if he continues at this level, and he's just entering his prime, he's got a shot to go down as maybe it just depends the on greatest quarterback of all time. What he's got around him. Yes. Is, is he capable of doing it? Absolutely. He's capable of doing more than Brady. But, if you know, it just depends on what kind of team they keep around him. He can't do it by himself, as and now you saw you, last night with Josh Allen. You start to hear these whispers, these unconfirmed reports 
that maybe Andy Reid will retire after the season, that maybe Travis Kelsey, after his brother retired, he's thinking about retirement. So you don't know how long this crew is. Now, they may, neither one of them may retire. If I was Reed, I certainly wouldn't. Well, I, if I was the Travis, I don't think if I was felt okay, I wouldn't retire on a team that's going to the NFC, uh, AFC championship game every year. I mean, this is the six straight years that Kansas City's either went to Super Bowl or played in the game before the Super Bowl. So, Mahomes has never played on a team in the NFL that didn't play for the NFL. AFC championship game. Um, that tells you a lot about him and Andy Reid and the coaching staff and everything else about Kansas City. Only- last night, did you notice that a few of the Kansas City Chiefs made good catches? We talked about that all season, that maybe by the time they got in the playoffs, they'd actually catch a tough play. Valdez Scantling made a couple of yeah. really good I catches. I thought of you when I saw him make those catches because I've heard you mention his name a couple times. And that's what you got to have. Now all at once, Mahomes is better. Well, against the Eagles, he just flat out dropped it. Yeah. Dropped it. And last night, what a game. And, and you missed that 44-yard field goal. You had to feel for that guy. But you know what? A 44-yard field goal is not a given, especially in wins. It's not a given. But this guy, Tyler Bass, was 9 for 9 in Field goals under two minutes to play to either tie the game or put the Bills in front. He well, never, for 10. never missed a kick in that circumstance. And then... You could tell it's bad from the time it left his foot, you know, it, it, it was to the right. You, you could see it was going to go on to the right. It wasn't coming back. I don't know what the wind velocity was either. and if that had anything to do with it. Well, he's but. talking about the d- degree of difficulty of, for the kickers before the game. That Butker was missing 52-yard field goals because they thought the wind was affecting it. So it wasn't the best conditions for that kicker, Bass, but you know what? Can't worry about that. Chiefs are going to play the Ravens, and, boy, you talk about two two good quarterbacks again. Has tremendous <laughs> That's uh, possibly the MVP of the league uh, with Lamar Jackson and the best quarterback in the league. <laughs> Against him. Something Buffalo Bills fans never want to hear uttered again. This. Has tremendous support in the building. If he has to make one for us, the game on the line, he will. 44 yards, Bass. No, he doesn't make it. Wide right. Wow. The two most dreaded words in Buffalo have surfaced again. Wide right, and his reference is Scott Norwood, Super Bowl 25, 1991. He comes on for a 47-yard field goal to win the Super Bowl against the New York Giants, and it went now, wide right. If you're a betting man, the game coming up with the Ravens and the Chiefs, if you look at the paper, and I'm a... First one to tell you, games are not played on paper because I've had plenty of games I thought I should win and I didn't. Um, But the Ravens supposedly have the MVP of the league. He'll be the MVP. They're playing at home, and they got a better defense than the Chiefs. So you think on paper this is a win for the Ravens. But let's play the game. Let's see. 
the Chiefs got to just got away, and Mahomes just got away of making it difficult for you to beat them. Chiefs defense looked horrible the first half, but they really cleaned it up at halftime and made some adjustments and and played a better second half. Not perfect, but played a better second half. Just enough to win. But they'll have to play better defense next week than they did yesterday, that's for sure. And how susceptible are they to a running quarterback? Because Josh Allen ran for two touchdowns against Spagnuolo's defense last night. Now, he wasn't able to get out and run as much in the second half, but (laughs) listen... That Baltimore game was tied with Houston at halftime. And then what did they start doing in the second half? You started seeing Lamar Jackson. They are calling design runs and RPOs, and he just started gashing Houston with his legs. If the Chiefs are going to win, I think, first of all, you've got to contain his running, make him beat you throwing the football from the pocket. If he can... Hey, tip your hat. You know, in, against him or against Mahomes, you've got to play a 10-man defense and one man to tag the quarterback always. Well, always Houston Houston had some success by blitzing up the middle, not from the sides. Then you chase him out of the pocket, and there he goes. Yeah, They, they went with blitzes up the middle, and that contained him. So, so I don't know. So we get in this game, it's the, 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 the lines are going to have a big effect in this game coming up with the Chiefs and the Ravens. Which offense, defensive line can control the ball and allow the team to get to the quarterback. So it's going to be interesting. It's a, it's he's a, got he's got this game. Lamar Jackson has better weapons at wide receiver than he has had since he's been in Baltimore. I mean, it, just all there is to it. They have... You go top to bottom, they've got a better roster than the Chiefs. Yeah, they do. Doesn't mean they're going to win, but they've got a better roster. But the Chiefs got two things really big, huge. They got the best tight end in football. I know he's getting older, but he still is. And they got the best quarterback. And anytime you got a tight end that can catch the ball in heavy traffic, he can go deep, he can go short, he can go across the middle. He has no problem going across the middle. He don't care. Uh, uh, those safeties, I'm sure, li- even linebackers have don't like to see Kelsey coming at them <laughs> over the middle. <laughs> or a guy like Allen, man, you imagine those safeties and corners that have to, they're going to have to attack a guy like Josh, Josh Allen, 6'5", 240. <laughs> uh, you know they don't like that. Lamar Jackson has a horse. gets all the attention. But they have the best defense in football, period, the Baltimore Ravens. There's where the Chiefs could have trouble. The Ravens' defense is better. I don't think the the Ravens, they got a better receiving core, but I don't think they got a better tight end than Kelsey. And those two guys, you know, in sports. And let's face it, they're rested. First of all, they didn't play their guys in week 18, the final week of the regular season. They didn't play their guys. Then they got a bye week. So they are about as healthy as they've been all season, and they activated Dalvin Cook. 
So he is another weapon for Lamar Jackson in that backfield. Uh, this is going to be a tough challenge for the Chiefs. It is, and it's if you stop and think, I thought they'd have a tough challenge with Buffalo if you want to roll back the tape. You remember? Last week I said, I really think Buffalo will win. We all remember. I said, but, but I know everybody remembers when you say something you miss on. But I'm glad to miss. I'm glad I was wrong because, uh, I mean, I I think that any time in sports, at least in my lifetime, if you've got two guys on any sports team, whether it's football or basketball or whatever it is, that strictly are tuned by the same guy. In other words, like a garage door opener. You know, you hit that button from I, I, my, my garage. I don't know why, but my garage door, I can open it, hit, hit the button two blocks away, and then it'll open the door. Because they're in sync. You take Kelsey and Mahomes, you couldn't have two guys on any team more in sync than those two guys. I mean, they read each other's mind out there. I mean, if Kelsey sees Mahomes in trouble, he keeps moving. He does this, he does that, and... and Mahomes can anticipate when he sees that first step or two what Kelsey's going to do. It's hard to get that in sports. I remember when the L.A. Lakers were so good. They had Elgin Baylor and Jerry West, Mr. Inside and Outside. <clears throat> Jerry West was a great guard, 6'3", from Cabin Creek, Virginia. <clears throat> and he was a deadly jump shooter, and Elgin Baylor was deadly. He was not a center but he was 6'5". He played on the baseline. And uh, it's hard to beat him, that one-two punch. Well, look at Jordan and Pippen. When you got two guys that just... Didn't Jerry West only win one championship? I don't know, but check how many he was in. Oh, they were in the finals every year. Yeah, they were having to go against the Boston. I think he only won one. Well, okay, Jerry West didn't win them, any of them. The team won them. But, like I said about Mahomes, he can't do what uh, Brady did if you don't have a team around him. The Lakers never had the depth of Boston Celtics. And who did, for that run of a decade, Boston Celtics, it didn't matter who goes to the finals, they're not going to beat them. The Hawks beat them in 1958 with Russell and Cousy and the whole bunch. But that's a rarity. You just the Lakers were a tremendous basketball team in that time, and if they wasn't going against the Celtics, how about just like in basketball, the era that Johnny Wooden won eight straight, wasn't it? Didn't they win eight straight? They won seven in a row and ten total. Yeah, seven in a row. Who's going to beat them? That doesn't mean you don't have a great team, but they had guys like. Al Cinder, they called him back then, you know, before he changed his name, and Walton and all these big men that were so good. Uh, Goodrich, you know, they had some great talent there. It doesn't mean you don't have a great team. So Jerry West and Elgin Bader, believe me, I saw them play a lot, and they were a tremendous ball club. But it's just like everybody with Kansas City Chiefs right now. Aren't they the standard? They may not make it this year, but they're the standard. Of the NFL right now. I don't think. Been in more Super Bowls and in more championship games than any team. I don't think you can refer, just my own personal opinion, I don't think you can refer to a team <clears throat> as a dynasty 
until they win three I in, a, in a short span. Two's good. One, I do please. Too. If Chiefs would happen to pull it out this year, then I'd say you can see them can, a dynasty. You can call them a dynasty. Right, but they're then. still the face of the league now uh, with two and going six straight years. You know, if the, you don't like the Chiefs, I can understand why. Yeah, okay, my get, daughter don't like you them. You get it shoved down your throat, okay? Taylor Swift thing shoved down your throat. And then you're watching the game. And every other freaking commercial has Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kell. I mean, you can't you can't get away from the Chiefs even when you're watching the game during a commercial I like break. The, the chefs. Yeah, I like I, I like the commercials. I, I'm a Chiefs fan. I'm saying if you don't like them, you're probably and it is pretty your good. Gag reflux. The commercial is probably, you've seen, I'm sure, with with Mahomes and. And Reed in the restaurant, Reed still in some of my home's food, and he pulls it back. Now explain <laughs> it to me again with those nuggies. <laughs> All right. Uh, I thought Detroit looked good. I was, I was tickled Detroit made it to the championship game. I, I thought San Francisco looked a little amateurish in that game, a little pedestrian, however you want to put it. They could have easily got beat by the Packers. Packers, and, Packers just didn't close. They didn't close. Jordan Love's two interceptions killed them. They did not score a point in the fourth well, quarter. Well, the last interception he threw was was high school stuff. And the missed field goal. It just, you know, the Packers had a chance. They had their chance. And what was interesting, Kyle Shanahan, going into that game, the coach of the 49ers was, and they gave the stat, and it's almost mind-boggling considering how many games this guy's won. His record as a head coach, when trailing by seven points or more entering the fourth quarter, he was 0-30. Now he's 1-30. Well, Detroit-San Francisco may be a better game than people anticipate. In fact, I'm giving Detroit a good chance to win the game, I, even though they're playing in San Francisco. I know. And San Francisco maybe was a little rusty. I don't know. But they didn't look very good to me. I, uh, and going into the playoffs, and I always say I'll take the quarterback, whoever's got the best quarterback. And I know Purdy's had a, a really good start in his career. I still think Jared Goff's better. So I'm I'm going to. Lean heavily. I may even pick Detroit to beat San Francisco on I the I think road. one key factor for this game is whether or not Debo Samuel is healthy and can play for the 49ers because he went, went out. It looked like it was a head injury. They said it was a shoulder. He got dinged in the helmet as well, so I don't know if it was a double injury, but he never returned. When he came, when he came out of the locker room for the second half, he did not have his pads on, and you knew his day was done. And if Debo Samuel doesn't play, uh, that is good news for the Detroit Lions. They've got lots of weapons. Here's the thing that always gets me about Shanahan, and it got me in this game. Now, they did get Christian McCaffrey a rushing touchdown in the fourth quarter. He goes away from running the ball. I, I just, I mean, Purdy's good. And it's an unbelievable stat. He's never lost a game in which he has not thrown an interception. If he doesn't throw an interception, they win. But, man, I don't know why you don't ride McCaffrey more than he does. And he calls too many pass plays. 39 throws. Purdy didn't need to throw the ball 39 times. You've got Christian McCaffrey. Anyway, you know how they found a way to win. In sports all the time, that the one thing you can't judge if you're trying to judge talent is the heart. 
You never know. Some guys got that hard to fight to the end and desire, and the other guys got maybe more talent, but they don't have that. Well, one of the things that will be considered by me if I take Detroit over San Francisco, I haven't, I don't, I haven't yet, but I'm going to think about that during the week, is Detroit's got the better quarterback, but the desire to win, the hunger to win, can't be on anybody's shoulders more than Detroit. There's nothing more that you can't have it more to, to get to the Super Bowl than this team. And a bad thing about getting the Super Bowl if you're Detroit to probably get beat because it'd be such a great accomplishment to get there. <laughs> I, I don't know if they'd have anything left to play in the in the Super Bowl, but there's no question. Boy, it's hard to beat. It's just like a fighter in the ring. You take a fighter that you just can't stop him. You just you you, you knock you knock him down. He gets back up. He just he just keeps coming at you. That's the way most champions do before they lose it. But when a guy's got the high fight, like you've seen it a lot in heavy, it's not when it's not just heavyweights, but in boxing, you see it a lot. The guy's got the heart, guy's got the will, the fight. And I think Detroit right now, the teams that's left. I think Detroit wants it worse than any of them. I really do, and uh, that's that'll be a factor. Now, it may, you know, when you want something so bad and you try so hard, sometimes it, you flatten out or you make mistakes, you know, and it, that could happen also. But Detroit is a threat, I think. I said that before Buffalo lost it, I, that I kind of looked for a Buffalo-Detroit Super Bowl. Well, one of them's not going there, but the other one could. And I'll be pulling for Detroit, I'll be honest with you. Who you taking? Who you want to win in that game? I'd like I'd like to see the Lions. I'd like to see the Lions win. I think most people would, honestly. You, people in this country, especially, pulls for the underdog. Pretty regular, and they're definitely the underdog. I'll be interested to see if San Francisco can block Aiden Hutchinson, because if he's in Purdy's face all day. He will not go the entire game without throwing an interception. And here's the thing about... There's some good matchups going into the, the last week before the Super Bowl. Do you think? Uh, you know, the Ravens and the Chiefs, Detroit and San Francisco, I think those are good matchups. So you've got... I heard a, a sports talk show host over the weekend, and this guy, he is Mr. Contrarian. You know, what I, you know what I'm talking about. So if the national narrative on sports talk is this, he will go opposite no matter what. He always does that. Okay, fine, whatever. And his thing was, well, the old saying in football, if you don't have a good quarterback, you're not going to win. He said, it's not true. Look at the final eight teams. And then, he, and then he just started. He said, the only superior quarterbacks left in the field are Mahomes, Allen, and Jackson. And the other five, no. And then I thought, you know what? Of the eight quarterbacks 
that played this weekend, all but Brock Purdy were first-round draft picks. And you had guys who were the first pick in the draft in Baker Mayfield and Jared Goff. They were the first pick in the draft. They're all first-round draft picks. They're all projected to be good quarterbacks. And the only reason Brock Purdy doesn't get the respect nationally, one reason, because of where he was drafted. He was the last guy standing. He was the last man chosen in the draft. And that's why there are all of these national guys that just don't believe in Brock Purdy despite what he does on the field with the 49ers. Well, wouldn't you rate out of the four quarterbacks left, wouldn't you rate Purdy fourth? I do. I I rate Mahomes first, Jackson number two, Golf number three, and Purdy number four. How do you rate them? You rate them any different than that? That's the way I'd choose them if I had to choose quarterback. Okay. Yeah. You can so, have you can have to, these four quarterbacks choose. To tell what he's saying then uh, before you get into it very deep that golf's not a good quarterback. There you go. Cuz he wasn't listed in that group. I I just don't, you know, it's, it's okay to have your own theory, but don't act like it's gospel. Don't act like it's the only way. It's the truth. Seven of Nobody these guys else. were first round draft picks. So I don't I don't want to hear it. Your anyway. opinion is only good as the next guys. Unless you got, but most people that's got a high opinion of something has got some facts to back it up. I'm, I'm not, I don't think Purdy's as good as golf, but you know what? He's in the same game that golf is. You know, so if he wins, give him a little credit. Well, I, I don't, can I don't we, care. Can we examine Jared Goff for a second? Guess what he's done? He's had a he's, great year. He's won this game before. He went yeah. to a Super Bowl with the Rams. He has won the NFC Championship game before. Now, Lamar Jackson never won a championship. And the questions were, and I still have this question, late in the game, playoffs, pressures on the line, tight football game, can he stand in the pocket and make a throw? Can he do it? Because at some point, if you're going to win a championship, you're going to have to do that. And, you know, there's so many things can happen in the first quarter of a game. You know that. What if Travis Kelsey goes down? Chiefs are going to get beat. That's the way I look at it. They're going to get beat. If Kelsey's out of the game in the first quarter, they're going to get beat. There's certain guys you just can't do without. In L- big games. Lamar Jackson takes a bad hit. He's out. Yeah. Baltimore, they're losing. Baltimore's not going to beat the Chiefs. No. And, I don't and, know that they'll beat him with Jackson. And no, see, those are the unknown things, you know, that you have to put in the mix. I mean, not that, you know, I hope nobody gets hurt. But that is how close it is in the NFL and how vital it is for some people. When my homes goes down, Chiefs ain't winning. You know, it's just... <clears throat> Certain people, whether you like it or not, has that much influence on a game. So Patrick, if, tra- if, if uh, Taylor Swift's not there, Chiefs probably lose. 
So Patrick Mahomes threw two touchdowns last night, and they were both to this guy. They're going to throw a tight end screen left to Kelsey, trying to angle to the far pylon, stretching out. Does he have it? Does he have it? Yeah. It's a touchdown. Kansas City, and it breaks the record as Kelsey able to get his elbow touching the pylon on the far front side, and that now sets an all-time NFL postseason record. Mahomes to Kelsey 16 times. Via the pass, more than any duo, Dean and Hughes, in the history of the league. Pretty good stuff. Those two guys. Okay, now there's a lot of people can Amazing. argue uh, about this statement, but would you say it's the best duo ever? The, the best duo by, by, by numbers. By numbers, they are, though, aren't they? In the playoffs. The touchdowns. Well, it's, it's what we're talking about, the playoffs. I'm not talking about... The, you know, the regular season or anything else, but the best duo in playoffs for them. Although you've got to get to the playoffs Bra- a lot of times to, to break that record. And Brady and Gronkowski and, <clears throat> Jer- and Dallas. Jerry Rice had two different quarterbacks Dallas that he had, worked uh, with. Back in the, the, the day of Troy Aikman, they had a pretty good tight end, too. I can't remember his name. but uh, Jay Novacek. Oh, no, it's for him, I think. Novacek was pretty good, but he was, you know, he was a Cardinal. Football Cardinals had him in St. Louis. Novacek, I think that's who drafted him. But Well, Jason Witten came along after, I'm yeah, pretty sure. Oh, I mean, yeah, he was with Romo. Yeah, he's it ain't been long for Jason Witten. I mean, the tight end, oh, the tight you know, end for Roger Staubach was Billy Joe Dupree, but that's not who you're You know with. how I am about the best. I, I don't I don't really ever Brady to Gronkowski was pretty darn somebody's good. Somebody's the best. Because that, why do I not say they're the best? Is because that's just my opinion. My opinion is no better than somebody else's. So, so before we get Marty on here, Jess, just a quick note. Apparently, the St. Louis Cardinals locker room is so devoid of leadership that that's the only reason they're signing all these old guys. Lance Lynn, leadership. Kyle Gibson, leadership, <clears throat> and now 38-year-old Matt Carpenter, leadership. So I guess that means Carpenter, Goldschmidt, and a one-year deal do for it. the league minimum at 38 years old. Last year, Matt Carpenter hit 176 with five home runs and a 641 OPS. Is that the cardinal statement, though, or is that the, the, the media statement? The, the reason why they signed these guys. I, John Mosellock <clears throat> talked about. He said the, that about Lance Lynn. The lead, yes. Oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. they'd think that about Lance Lynn being great in the clubhouse. If I'd say anything, Lance Lynn would be a not a troublemaker, maybe, but a a guy that wouldn't contribute anything. So, if Carpenter is going to be on this team. You think he's going to be starting a lot of games, or is he going to be the left-handed bat to come off the bench to pinch hit late in the ball game? I think if you want to know what I think about Matt Carpenter, why they got him, I think they got him as a guy that can fill in and play a game or two. If he gets hot, he plays a week. He can pinch hit and that kind of thing. I don't think that he's he's not come certainly not coming in to be a regular anywhere or anything like that. Okay, so but as we with, with the Yankees, if you remember. He got really hot. And I know you're going to say, well, it's short right field. And that's true. And he's a pole hitter. But still, you have to hit the ball. 
and he had a really good half year with the Yanks. So a guy a- like him, you pistol him in the lineup, and let's say he goes three for four, you give him another game. Never against lefties, though. He's going to go and play against certain right-handed pitchers. And that's the way I would use him if I had him and I had managing Cardinals. So do they even look at the numbers? Because last year, as a pinch hitter, he had 17 at-bats as a pinch hitter. How many hits do you think he had as a pinch hitter One. last year? Zero. Yeah. Oh, for 17. No, I don't think they're getting him as a pinch hitter. I think you're getting him as a possible. Well, if he's going to be on the roster, you don't think they're going to send him well, up I late mean, in the ball come game? On, come on, now don't start a debate over nothing. I'm saying he's, they didn't get him to be a pinch hitter. They get him to be a DH against certain pitchers, certain right-handed pitchers. He'll be your DH once in a while. He's not going to be a. How many times has guys in big leagues now with a DH? You ever pinch hit for anybody? If you pinch hit for Edmund, then you're going to lose your defense out there. If you pinch hit for Mason Wynn, maybe, people like that. But he's uh, he's not going to be a contributor to the Cardinals in a big way, and I don't think they got him for that reason. But What does I, I he have to do in spring training to make the ball club? Who, Carpenter? Do you think he's on the ball club if he goes 0 for 40? No, I don't. I think he'd get released. Be interesting. He's a good guy. I don't. Th- I mean, see, to me, it doesn't bother me that they signed him because he's a he's a he's just an extra tool. If you had a twenty five man roster like you used to, I don't th- know if they'd even sign him. But you got that extra roster spot now in the big leagues, and you got the DH. If you didn't have the DH, I don't think they'd sign him because, like you said, he's over seventeen as a pitcher. What would be his value? But the DH adds a lot of chances if you can get a guy for the minimum or like they did with him, very low. It could come in and win you a game. If he comes in and he gets one base hit or two and drives in a winning run a couple games and you finish a game ahead of somebody else in playoffs or what to get to the playoffs, it was worth it. That's how finely tuned these teams are nowadays. He hit 188 as a DH last year. You you want to see what Marty has to say about it? Well, th- yeah, but I, I want to say this, too. The batting average, <laughs> I, I don't go with stuff like that as much as you do. They know the man, okay? They know his history, and it's not just uh, he may be his career may be over. And I'm not an advocate of his whatsoever, but... I'm not against the guy either. See what he can do. If he if he can hit 250 to 300 in the spring training, keep him. If you don't like what he's doing, release him by May. You know, give him a month in the big leagues. If he don't do any good for you, they, don't worry. They'll get rid of him. Let's see what Marty has to say. Always about. let's hear Marty. All right. Monday, Marty Party. Marty Mitchell will join us on the other side. It's the Sports Huddle on SEMO ESPN. It's the Sports Huddle on SEMO ESPN, 1220 AM, 93.5 FM. And you can always find us online worldwide at SEMO ESPN. 
Com. Marty Michau joins us on Mondays as we crank up the Monday Marty party. We welcome in the Love Shack on the EBOMD Huddle Hotline. Marty, how was your weekend? Man, what a sports weekend. Those four, after last weekend, the NFL games weren't too exciting, man. Three of these this weekend were tremendous games, and even that first game tied at halftime before the Ravens pulled away, but... uh it was some great games, and and Cat, you guys kind of recapped it. But last night's game was another uh, another classic between the Bills and the Chiefs. That's for sure. And I want to get your guys' opinion on this because I've stated my opinion multiple times over the years about this. But uh, and it it's not because it involves the Chiefs. I've talked about it way before it happened to the Chiefs. But Marty. This stupid rule where you fumble the ball into the end zone and out of the end zone, like last night going in for the touchdown, and fumble it around the pylon out of bounds, not only do you not get the touchdown, you lose possession of the football. Does that rule need to be changed? Because I... That's that must that's got to be one of the worst rules in sports. I agree. I hate that rule. I do, too. I'm sure it's going to be changed. Soon he'll talk about it. They were talking about it again on that one of those ESPN shows this morning, that get-up show. They were talking about how stupid that rule is. I'm sure it's going to be changed. Once you get a rule that enough people are talking bad about it, and it's one of those that's just been in. I don't know if anybody ever gave an explanation. It really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But it doesn't. I'm sure in next year or two, I bet that rule will be changed. It's like that rule in baseball, Jess. You know one of my pet peeves is the step to third, look at first move by the pitcher, and they finally, finally outlawed it. If that is not the definition of a balk, I don't know what is. Because the definition of a balk is an attempt by the pitcher to deceive the base runner. That's what that move is all about. So they finally got rid of it after a 100 and some odd years. I don't know how it's lasted this long in football. You know why they kept using it? Every team would do it at least once a game. Yes. Is because once upon a time, back in the 30s or 40s, somebody got picked off like that. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, a, it was a terrible play. All it, all it was to me, I, I, when we were doing games together with Simo, and they, you see that, I dropped my head and think, well, that's just all you're doing is delaying the game. That's all. Now, how long has Harry Carey been dead he died in 98 when harry Carey was doing games when i was growing up marty back then his line his line for the step to third look at first move he's like that move went out with high button shoes harry <laughs> Carey was saying it decades it's ago it's almost like you want to quit and out quit broadcasting and and maybe you know you're so boring if i was doing the play-by-play i'd say well, there's a throw to third and then just shut up, because you know it'll be throw to third and wait, wait for go back to first. Uh, just let it go. There's a throw to third. Um, you know, last night's game though. You know, I saw the man. You were hoping though, and I don't care. And I wanted the Chiefs to win, but I don't care if I'm watching a game. Where I don't care to win. I hate if somebody screws up and then that play comes back to cost you the game. You know what I mean? I just. Yep. I don't know why it is. I know these guys are making a lot of money. You can't, but I feel sorry for that person on any level. I don't care if it's a high school game I'm at. And, you know, I, don't, I hate somebody to just be like a one of the reasons why somebody loses a game, you know. And I was just 
hoping, man, that that weather is going to come back to haunt. Martin. You know, it was interesting about last night's game, and you guys talk a little bit about it. You know, the Chiefs all year, what's been their no- number one criticism, the young receivers dropped 20 passes. Last night, they caught everything, and, and the Bills' great digs dropped what that bomb right to him. I mean, I'm not saying those were easy catches because they're contested, and, but it went through his hands, and how ironic was that, that the Bills' receivers dropping passes cost them, and it didn't cost the Chiefs. Right. Yeah, and Marty, did you watch the post-game? Evidently, you didn't on the, after the Chiefs game. Oh, I did, yeah. You remember, I can't remember who the African-American ball player that was on that panel, but he brought up just what you're talking about, about Bass missing that uh, 44-yard field goal. He said, before we get started, let's don't blame him for the loss. He said they had plenty of time. He brought up Diggs, and he brought up some of those guys. He said that they lost the game because they made other mistakes. And not just that. Even if he makes the field goal, Marty, it's a tie game. That doesn't mean that they're going to win the game. Well, actually, the way the Chiefs, the, the way the Bills were driving that last drive, I was just hoping, just hold them to a field goal. So I was too. I was when he too. attempted that field goal, there was over a minute left. I think, well, the Chiefs are going to go down at least get in a field goal range. So I wasn't that worried. It worried me, and Allen had a great game where he missed that guy in the end zone. Remember yep. late in the game? He was open. He was under pressure. They say it was hard to step up. But, man, if he makes that play, when, when he let that ball go, I'm thinking, oh, shoot. And then when it fell short, I wasn't that worried about a field goal. Like you say, the Chiefs had so much time to come back. And you can never count Mahomes out. And uh, they, were, they, they were talking this morning about a stat, and I'm sure I've heard it before. But in these division-like games, to get to the – conference championship game, Mahomes is like 16-0 and in, in touchdowns and interceptions. You know, he never the, makes a mistake in these kind of games. Unbelievable. The Marty, the, the game could have been a little farther apart. Uh, that play we're talking about that goes fumble into the end zone and out, that was on first down, I'm pretty sure. So oh, yeah. They, I mean, probably in life, they scored. It, likelihood, they was going to get a touchdown. Back. That's what I mean. I the rest of the game, I'm thinking, don't let it, don't let the Chiefs lose, and then that 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 kid's gonna be taking it. He, you know, I I just hate to see that. I don't know why, but uh, but it, it it was a great game. I I hate for people, you know, sometimes if a quarterback doesn't win a big game, it's not on the quarterback. Now you guys are talking about Lamar Jackson. I love Lamar Jackson because I remember when he was coming out of Louisville, a lot of people didn't think he could play quarterback in the NFL. That's why. He was the last pick in the first round, you know. A lot of people thought he might have to play receiver or running back, and I have no doubt he'd be a great NFL receiver or running back. But but anyway, he has had statistically some horrible playoff games where Allen really has been. Allen has done a lot of the – I mean, that, that miracle Chiefs game a couple of years ago, you can't blame Allen for that one. But, but Lamar Jackson has not had good playoff games at all. He had a real good game, uh, you know, last, this this past weekend. But we'll see how he does against the Chiefs. I think he'll do well. I really like him, and I think uh, and he's had a heck of a season. But I'm I'm looking forward to that game especially. Don't you think though, if you're going to win a Super Bowl and you're Lamar Jackson, at some point you're going to have to stand in the pocket and make a throw in a tight game late. I agree, because usually now we'll see how dominant a team is. Usually a team doesn't win a Super Bowl 
without having a tight game somewhere along the way. You know what I mean? Just just look at the 49ers. I know the 49ers didn't look great. And Purdy, overall, they said he had a hard time throwing that slick field, that slick football. But, man, when it came down to push and shove, he led them on a drive that was either going to win the game or lose the game. And uh, so I can't imagine the Ravens being dominant enough where they're just going to coast by everybody. Somewhere along the line, you're going to have to make some plays at the end. So it'll be interesting to see. I don't doubt he can do it, but you're right. In the playoffs so far, he hadn't shown it. Do you think the Lions can beat the Niners? I think they can. I don't think they will. I think the 49ers might have got their uh, scare out of the way against the uh, against the uh, Packers. Packers. And uh, I, I don't know how good the Lions' defense is. Uh, but, man, I'll tell you what, golf is hot. And they've got some weapons that I'm around St. Brown and uh, Jameson Williams from St. Louis. He's coming on. They got two. That Gibbs, that running back, is a jet. I remember seeing him in Alabama, man. That guy is so fast. They're going to score some points, I think. I don't know if they can slow the 49ers down. I agree with Eric, though. If Debo, Debo Samuel is not healthy, that, that's a big factor. And let's not forget Sam Laporta, their terrific tight end. Oh, yeah, they've got weapons all over the field, man. I mean, uh, uh, that I, that should be a good game, too. You never know. But that Chiefs, I, I can't imagine the Chiefs, even if they don't win, I can't imagine them being not in the game right till the end. Can you? No. But, I just can't I mean, see that happening. And now, you know, you just mentioned earlier, right now those receivers getting some confidence and uh, defense is pretty. But, but man, that, that Lamar Jackson is such a – I know Allen is a good runner, but he doesn't have nearly the speed that uh, Lamar Jackson. They, they say Lamar Jackson, them and Michael Vick is between them by far the two fastest quarterbacks ever playing the NFL. He's that. that guy, like I say, if that guy wouldn't have been a quarterback, I have no doubt he'd have been an exceptional wide receiver in the NFL. He's a dazzling player to watch. I mean, absolutely dazzling. And we'll see if the Chiefs can contain him. Marty, uh, well, I like to be dazzled. Simo men's basketball. I don't know how much better they could have played on the defensive end of the floor as they did against SIU Edwardsville, who was hot. They had uh, they had just beaten Moorhead State the previous week. Uh, Forty eight hours prior to coming to the Show Me Center, they just set a school record, hitting fifteen three pointers against Lindenwood, and the Red Hawk defense absolutely shut them down. Yeah, now it'd be interesting if that's just a one-off, or because I was telling somebody at the game the other night after the game, you know, we and we've seen Simo now play enough, and you know, in the future, next few years, these guys as they can continue to get better, they've got a lot of younger guys. Their team might change, but right now, this year, and I don't see changing this year, they're just not a prolific offensive team, and for Simo to to win uh, some games the rest of the way, I'm talk- not talking about a sum, I'm talking about a decent amount of their games. I think they're going to have to play games like that, don't you, Eric? Yes. Where it's just kind of a defensive battle. I think that's the way they're going to have to win the rest of the year. And we'll see if they can uh, draw on the experience of being able to do what they did to SIUE uh, with these opponents that they're going to be playing on the road, namely UT Martin on Thursday, because Martin can fill it up. Yeah, Martin is one of those interesting teams. They play a totally different style than most teams in the 
Martin, I don't know how much you've seen Martin play on ESPN Plus there, guys. I kind of I like to watch a little bit of all the OBC teams. Martin is just running gun. They shoot shots from everywhere. I mean, they don't pass the ball much. They just jack shots up. They don't really play a whole lot of defense, but they can really score. They got a tremendous point guard. So, Nemo's going to have to play some B to slow them down because, like you say, and, and every game is different. And I'm not saying Nemo. Simo's going to have a game or two where they probably explode offensively just based on the way the game is because every game is different. But overall, I think we've seen enough where Simo's not going to, on a regular basis, I don't think score 80 points. Do you? Where no, they're, they're just, not they're, like last year. I mean, people seem to forget last year their defense was really bad. But they had a bunch of guys who could uh, help you overcome that by scoring so much. And the thing is, you know, it's just one of those things, Jess. I mean, it happens on the road when I'm broadcasting, and but when we're at home. I mean, you just, how many times a game do you hear me say Simo has not scored in the last four minutes and 41 seconds? They No field goals in the last five minutes. They have too many of those droughts, uh, Marty, to really score a bunch of points on a regular basis, so... Uh, yeah, defense and holding on to the basketball, forcing some turnovers, things of that nature can overcome a team that, that may not be talented offensively. Well, that's the first thing I said to Coach Karn before he did his post-game interview with you, because me and him always say a few words before he sits down for his interview, and I said, hey, that shows you what you can do with good defense. Defense can win you some ball games, and he, I think he was so proud – I, don't, I didn't get to hear the interview, but I think he was so proud of his defense. And it is true. In any sport, defense is just a big part of the game. And Marty, uh, he openly questioned the toughness of his basketball team after the loss to Lindenwood. Well, that was one of the first things he wanted to talk about after this game was the toughness that they showed. And I, I got I to gotta say this, Marty, if – you get challenged. I mean your manhood, your competitiveness as a as an athlete. If it gets challenged hard enough, it can toughen guys up, and maybe hard coaching has found a way to toughen this team up a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Nobody wants to hear that they're not a, not a tough tough player or anything like that. And you know, and and this is a game now where he can go to his team, and I'm sure he has, and said, "Look, now we've shown now." Every team is different. You got to win different ways, and he can show people and you know show his team and say, "Listen, now, so you're not going to hold every team you play to 31 percent shooting." I mean, with look without looking up the stats, you might have to go back a long way to see when a Division One team against Simo shot worse than 31 percent. But he can say, "Look, if we play this kind of consistent defense, because I've heard you guys talk about it." And defense is, is so – I mean, you've got to have a, a level of athleticism. And Simo has good athletes on the team. But you, you get past that, and defense is just a working on it and, and a, kind of a desire and a want to. Because, you know, even the little pickup ball I played, man, you know, it's fun when you're out there just jacking up 20-footers and having a good time. And it just – but uh, <laughs> when you're trying to really get down and guard somebody, it's not as much fun. But if it shows you you can win games that way, then I think it gets a lot more fun that way. Well, I tell you, there's two thankless jobs on in basketball, as far as I'm concerned. To be a good defender is hard work, very little praise, 
And rebounding is definitely hard work and not much praise. Everybody you know, wants to go. Everybody wants to go for the score. If you don't score twenty points, you don't get any credit. The proverbial tip your cap that they. But you know, you Eric sees every game, and I see most of the games either in person or on ESPN Plus. But some of these teams, Simo's been playing. I mean, it would be hard not to make the shots they're getting. You know what I mean? Like that Lindenwood game. How many times did Keenan Cole just drive to the basket with no resistance? How many times did uh, Darius Bean just pull up for a little 12 mid-range footer that nobody's around him? You know what I'm saying? So and you at least got to make it tough on the other team. And then if they still shoot good, you say, well, they just hit some great shots. But Simo's had too many games this year where you can't say that team was just so hot. You got to say that team was getting too many easy shots. Marty, SEMO was the only home team that won on Saturday. Uh, Southern Indiana lost at home to Moorhead. Lindenwood lost to Eastern Illinois. Western Illinois uh, lost their first conference game. Tennessee State hit a shot with three seconds left to beat Western by one point. Uh, so SEMO was the only home team that won on Saturday. And the SEMO the women Looked good. I know SIUE is not that good, and they hit 13 threes. That's what even made the score respectable. Uh, but I continue to see the Red Hawk women's team getting better and better. I think the SEMA women have looked good for a couple weeks. Even that game they lost at Tennessee Tech, I thought they looked good, uh, especially in the first half. But uh, I think SEMA's women are playing really good. This will be an interesting week uh, going on the road. And uh, Mark, you know, has been kind of – up and down a little bit, and, and Little Rock always plays that style where it's low scoring and they really guard you, and I'm like they're nearly as good this year as they were last year, but these will be two tough road games for both the men and the women, but yeah, I think the women the women, I think have a real chance to depend, especially depending on what they do this week, but have a real chance to finish, you know, top, I think top three, four, five in the conference. Man, it, it would probably take a lot to finish that high, but uh, they still have a real good chance to uh, to at least, you know, get comfortably into the tournament. And then, I don't know, there's really not a whole lot of difference between finishing fifth and eighth if you're in the tournament because you don't get any buys or anything. Of course, the SEMO showed last year the buys don't mean everything, although you figure the odds of two years in a row you went in four games in four days probably aren't good, so you'd hate to have to go that route, but it might be that way for SEMO again. What else, Marty? Well, I, there's a lot of sports going on the weekend. We don't talk much about golf. Did you see that amateur win that pro tournament yesterday? That first, was amazing. The first amateur to win a PGA Tour event since Phil Mickelson in 1991, and he didn't get any of the $500,000 uh, cash payout for the winner and went to the second-place finisher. But $1.5 million is what they got. Okay, uh, $1.5. But he, he got, like, I think a two-year exempt on the tour. So, I mean, he'll, he's a sophomore at Alabama. Back uh, day, I was kind of – I don't pay a whole lot of attention to the smaller golf tournaments, but I was kind of into that. So I was watching it on a, my other TV, and they actually had uh, – I guess Nick Saban has gotten some impromptu lessons from this kid. And so they were interviewing Nick Saban over the phone on the – Golf channel. It was pretty funny. That's pretty cool. His name's Nick Dunlap. Uh, and it was cool. His mom and dad and his girlfriend were there, Marty. Uh, you know, on the 18th hole when he when he hold that putt, he needed to hit the putt about a six-footer or it was going to be a playoff, and he nailed it. 
Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Like I say, I, I'm following it, you know, earlier in the week when he was doing well reading the articles about it. And I said, well, I'm going to have to tune in. And then when it got down to the wire, it was pretty interesting. I'm, I'm sure in a couple of years that guy will be a star on the tour, no doubt. And he's exempted for all four majors next year. So, you know, he's going to be playing the majors. Yeah, and like you say, probably uh, on the one hand, you're thinking, man, that $1.5 million would be nice, but if he's halfway decent on the pro golf tour, that'll be chump change, so it's on the line. That's pretty cool. Marty, we will talk to you next week. All right, go Chiefs. All right, Marty rooting for KC in uh, Baltimore. Jess, hello to the uh, radiant and ravishing Dawn Sean. She just got off a 12-hour shift. They let her go at about 4 this morning because of the ice storm in St. Louis. And, uh, boy, she was driving like 30 miles an hour, went past a ton of accidents up in the St. Louis area. Uh, and she is home and resting so hopefully she has a wonderful day. She's got a few days off now here coming up. Got a, got a final nugget for us? Well, I want to say hi to my obtuse and childish daughters in Texas Whoa. and Columbia. I, well, I thought I'd throw some. Is, there, is those the wrong words? Obtuse and childish. You'll get some feedback with obtuse. <laughs> I, I can guarantee. It's all a joke, folks. It's a joke. My daughters are as perfect as you can be. And my little sister here in town listens to every show. Doesn't have nothing bad to say about the show. And I told her the other day, I said, you know, you can be a critic. I said, I'm not perfect, and I sure know that Eric's not. So sometimes if you don't like something, let me know. So I don't know. Maybe I can change your attitude a little bit. But anyway, I got something to read here. This is new material, folks. It's about parenting. Touched on that a little bit the other day. So here's some good advice or some good thoughts. Children begin by loving their parents. As they grow older, they judge them. And sometimes they forgive them. That's written by Oscar Wilde. Here's one more real quick. If you have never been hated by your child, you have never been a parent. <laughs> You're doing something wrong. I agree with that, too. You're That's doing written by something Betty, wrong. Betty Davis. You've heard of her. She she's got Betty Davis eyes. Yeah, Betty Davis does. Little, uh... I actually met her once. And you know where I met her? In uh, a doctor's waiting room. For I, he's an eye doctor down in Memphis, Tennessee. He's yeah. a renowned doctor. You know who uh, who sang that song, right? I know the song, but I don't know who sung it. Kim Carnes. Kim Carnes. Was her name. Right. Yep. All right, Jess. Uh, well, what was uh, Hart's big hit? You know, you've heard Hart. Hart has a bunch of big hits. Well, that's, what do you think's the number one? You know, Hart performed at the Show Me Center years ago. Alone. I like that one, boy. That's a beautiful song. It's a good one. They got a bunch. Well, maybe tomorrow we can talk about music. All right. Talk to you then. All right. Stay tuned. Greeny coming up. Coaches show. Wings, et cetera, and Cape at 12 noon. We'll talk to you then. Enjoy your Monday.